We are Alandia's loss prevention team. My name is Marty and I have a background as a captain and marine superintendent. My name is Johanna and I specialize in human factors and have behavioral science background. My name is Stephanie and I have a background as a deck officer from a multitude of vessels ranging from offshore supply and dredges to private crews. Hello Svetlana, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you come from and uh, why did you want to be in our podcast? Uh, hello and thanks for inviting me. Yes, my name is Svetlana, I'm from Riga. I work uh, in the shipping industry, I'm in marine insurance. About me personally, I like sports, I play beach volleyball, I like traveling, learning new languages, reading. At the moment, I'm working as a claims handler at uh, Marine Underwriting Services, which is an underwriting and claims management agency. We work on behalf of two insurers. I have also a seagoing background, so something like this. <laughs> Great. Uh, is this your first podcast? Yes, that's my first podcast. <laughs> Congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. But how about your seagoing background? Can you tell us a little bit about that? What did you do? Yeah, I first started studying in the Latvian Maritime Academy. Uh, then I spent one year as an exchange student in Norway. But when I graduated Latvian Maritime Academy, I was offered to start my career on the new building, which was very nice. And I was honored to do that. And together with the rest of the crew, we prepared the vessel. Uh, then it was a six-month contract. Then I came back home and applied to several universities for further education. Uh, then I embarked on another contract at sea. And during the second contract, I got news that I got admitted to several universities. And among those, uh, there was Chalmers uh, in Sweden. So I chose that. And then I came back from my second contract. I started my studies in Sweden. And I think I felt that I'm in the right place and I'm doing the right thing. Uh, when I was introduced to marine insurance during the second year of studies, I got really fascinated by that topic. I even wrote my master thesis and it was about claims handling procedure. I was comparing uh, claims handling procedure on the London market and on the Scandinavian market. Okay, very interesting. Uh, being an ex-seafarer myself, I need to ask you, I mean, regardless where you live in this uh, planet, seafaring is not uh, most common. Why? Uh, what made it so interesting that you, you, you wanted to sail as an officer? Um, I think I was fascinated by the idea of navigating large ships over oceans and seas. I was at first and then also later on interested in the construction of ships, how they're built, how they're operated, how they behave at sea, such kind of things. And I also admired the idea of seeing different countries, speaking to different people, so such kind of things. But um, yeah, I think at some point I, um, I just got maybe swept by the opinions of others saying that um, maybe women are not cut for this kind of job. And I believed in it, maybe. But I know that that's not true. Uh, and I think that men and women equally cut for this job. So it's just an opinion of a society where we live. 
I think. And we just don't question these opinions. And me, myself, I didn't question it. And I thought that, well, I have to look maybe for something else. But on the other hand, I was also interested myself in learning something new, uh, in learning how the ships are operated from shore, how they are sold, chartered, insured, such kind of things. Where did the opinions come from? Was it from on board or was it from some other places that you heard the opinions that women are not cut out for their sea jobs? Uh, yes, I heard that uh, from uh, people on board, uh, from the crew members. It was on such a level that I could tolerate it. It wasn't that like bullying or something like that. I also heard it from just people that I communicate every day. Some friends, parents of my friends. But that was not too much or I didn't really pay attention too much to it but you know it accumulates in your head somehow and then you think maybe that's true i think because you actually you had the training you got your certificates you sailed on the ship so you 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 proved them wrong in uh, several times and then then of course that uh, i understand that you didn't uh, remain at sea that maybe that had some effect i don't know but uh The, the other thing I was thinking that you, you mentioned that you like to learn new languages. You, you've been exchange student in Norway. You have studied in Sweden. You live in Latvia. And uh, I happen to know that you are at least fluent in Russian, uh, maybe Latvian, Swedish, uh, Norwegian, English. Uh, any other languages you are fluent with? Uh, I'm learning French at the moment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's just a hobby, I think nothing special and I, I actually like the culture of all the languages that I've learned and you know I like reading a regional watching a regional movies so that's one of the reasons I try to learn the language very impressive how about uh, you told about your experience and maybe some of the expectations in the society and, and in your life that would, would you recommend a career at sea to anyone i mean for for women and men and, and and why would you yeah i would recommend to give it a try uh, why not if you are interested to learn about huge and smartly built constructions which are ships if you're interested to learn how the vessel can be operated and navigated then definitely yes i would say that you will learn the architecture of the vessel how it's propelled navigated and you will become a part of a huge industry which aids global economy if it's something that attracts you for some it can be a field where the industry can benefit from their opinion and they can change it for good and, and introduce some improvements then if someone who hears that uh, podcast this episode thinks that he uh, might have something new or some ideas to change the industry then be bold and brave and try to do that Several times now you, you mentioned about uh, the, the vessel construction, the, the architecture and, and the navigation and uh, the technique and getting back to shore-based opportunities. When you say that, uh, to me, it sounds that uh, ship management could have been another opportunity for you to, to work in, in, in ship management organization where you actually work with uh, technology and, and uh, architecture and, and new buildings and retrofits. But uh, somehow the marine insurance, at least for now, uh, swallowed you. Marine insurance came first, yes. 
when I was working at sea, I didn't know much about marine insurance. I got an idea that I want to know how how it works and what is it and to learn about it more. And uh, yes, I've actually applied for different programs and all of them were quite general. The program that I applied and uh, enrolled for was marine uh, management. And there were different kinds of topics that we uh, learned. It was only my second year when we started marine insurance. And it was both Scandinavian insurance market and London market. And uh, I saw two different sides. What was the differences between the London market and the Scandinavian market? Uh, The main difference was that there is more chances and possibilities on the Scandinavian market to prevent the incident from happening in the first hand. And that the Scandinavian market is more proactive. On the Scandinavian market, companies tend to do most of the work in-house. They have uh, in-house adjusters, they have lawyers, and they tend to do all in one entity, you know, with their hands on starting from the very beginning until the very end. Whilst on the London market, they're more segregated. Uh, you would you would outsource claims handling to the company which does that. You might have separate adjusters. There could be adjusters uh, for a particular claim for and general average uh, claim adjusters, a separate adjuster. Uh, so it, it gets a bit segregated and maybe not that much proactive. And maybe it would take longer time to get from the incident until when the ship owner gets reimbursed. So that's the main difference. But it's for the ship owner, of course, to choose what they like and what they're comfortable with. But if if I could say... I would be the one who would choose not to have an incident at all. And and that's possible with the Scandinavian market more than it's on the London market, I think. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I suppose there's also a difference between the size of the London market and, and the Nordic market. And, and, and maybe you have an insight on that, that maybe the, the outsourcing is more predominant on the London market because of the sheer size of the market. I don't know. Or is it just a different way of doing it? I think it was uh, from the very beginning. That's how it happened to be. I think that those underwriters who were signing the contract, uh, those were, um, you know, like um, still there are syndicates uh, in the Lloyd's um, at, at Lloyd's market, and those and syndicates are involved people who are not maybe not having been doing insurance there uh, at, at those times when it started the, these were some noble men who just wanted to participate in underwriting the risk for a certain um, premium we call it now yeah on the note of uh, noble men uh, you, you mentioned a little bit of the challenges that uh, being being a woman in, in this industry and uh, what other people think that the women should do and should not do. And uh, if we turn it around a little bit and try to find the positive things, that it, it is a fact that you are a woman and you've been very successful in this industry. So uh, being a woman, how has that benefited you? What, what are the positives? I mean, if, if we just uh, lift this uh, issue for, for a moment and in a very positive light. 
Yes, I think that the, maybe uh, I'm wrong, but that's my opinion. I think that uh, I, I actually haven't benefited being a woman. I think uh, I benefited from having a seagoing experience. I benefited from uh, having education at uh, Chalmers. These may be two things that I benefited from, but I haven't ever considered that because I'm a woman, I'm somewhat different, and that makes me uh, better at something. I don't think so. And I also, I don't have a, a very extensive experience at sea. But anyway, I think that it's equally tough for men and women on board. And uh, I had captains who were not happy with performance of some guys on board. And they were not just speaking on me as a girl. So I think that it could be tough both for men and women. And it can be equally very well performed by both of them. So I don't think I benefited. I don't feel it. But yes, I benefited from having just experience as as a third officer i'm also very interested in uh, not only the qualities of the people that they should have when they come to the industry but the qualities of the industry i mean uh, if you're a fireman or if you're a police or if you're airline pilot you are going to be asked to present your profession in a kindergarten and a primary school and, and you know you're very popular but i equally think that uh, it should be that we are for marine insurance and, and they, we should go to the kindergartens and primary schools and the kids should be as excited what we tell them. I mean, uh, <laughs> not not to be a fireman or police or airline pilot, but you want to work in the maritime industry, either on, on a vessel or marine insurance. And what, what would you tell the kids in the kindergarten and the primary school that why is this industry so interesting that this is the coolest thing that you can do? Well, as I said uh, in the beginning, um, you will learn about huge and very smart constructions. And that may be very interesting to those uh, children, but uh, not only to so small kids, but also those who study at school and those who are considering any kind of engineering future and career. And that can be very attractive. I think also if you tell them that uh, there is a field where you can make change, where you can make the environment more sustainable to prevent any major accidents and that you can achieve a, a tangible and good result, which you can see. That's something I think that can be very attracting. Uh, and I also think that it's attracting when you work in the place or in the field where you have the possibility to learn and develop your skills, that can be quite attracting, I think. And also, of course, if we take seagoing experience or seagoing career, then uh, it means you are navigating oceans and seas and you can see different places, quite exotic as well, and meet different people talk to them you will be also the part of the global economy you will move the cargo to different places so such kind of things and i 
I really hope that the shipping industry and as a place for uh, young people to develop their skills and to stay and to work is a really interesting uh, field. And, and I hope that more and more uh, young people will come and try, at least try. Because I, I had uh, some course mates who also tried. Uh, some course mates changed from being engineer on on the first or the second year to become a nautical student because they felt that that's more interesting some people left but that's that's fine but there were not many and they were not just girls and boys also uh, didn't feel it's for them um, most of my course mates work at sea at the moment most of them are on a senior position so uh, I think I would just recommend people just to give it a try because I think that many of them don't even consider this job. Yeah, and uh, just a word of warning, uh, when you go to the local kindergartens and primary schools telling about the coolest thing in the world, just uh, be careful not to mention salvage. We don't <laughs> want any of that <laughs> if, you, if you compare with the firemen. So we, we don't. In, in the future, the loss prevention is so good, there will be no salvage. Hey, uh, we always have to give the standard opportunity that now you're in a unique position that you can advise the whole uh, shipping and, and maritime industry. We really want to hear your best advice. And uh, what would be your best advice for the industry players to make sure that the most talented and motivated people are not only attracted to the industry, but also kept in the industry? What, what should be done? The floor is yours, Svetlana. <laughs> uh, it's a uh, it's a great honor <laughs> to uh, being asked uh, about this. I think we should be open to hear opinion of those young and talented and motivated, and not only young but just talented and motivated people, and give a field and give them a chance to try out their ideas and be open to hear those ideas and share your own experience with them, uh, communicate and respond to what they have to offer, you know, not, not just say, we've been here for so many years and we've done things here this way and we will do this, this kind of position. I think that those talented and motivated people who really are interested and like these industry and want to do something tangible, I think at least we need to hear them. At least we need to invite them and talk to them. And if we invite them to be part of this industry, then we need to give them the field to try out their knowledge and apply it and see where it leads us and, and maybe share your own knowledge as well and to maybe give them direction somehow. And I think it should be a combination of this, you know, very experienced people in the companies and those talented and motivated uh, young people with new ideas. And the combination of these two can give really good results, I think. To me, that sounds like diversity and inclusion. Thank you so much for your time and, and for your insights. And uh, 
we, we look forward to, to see all these results. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you, Svetlana.